Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. I love having this guy on the show. He knows college football. He knows USC. He knows broadcasting. He's a man of the world. Petros Papadakis. You can catch him broadcasting college football games on Fox in the Petros and Money Show in Los Angeles on 570 AM. Petros. Give me your reaction. Yesterday when you heard the news, where were you? Set the scene, and what was your immediate reaction to USC and UCLA bolting from the Pac-12? This is a true story. I was in a hot yoga class at my sister's yoga studio in Torrance, and I'm not supposed to bring my phone in there, but because it was my sister's class, I take some liberties, and uh, my phone started bouncing all around the floor, and I kind of tried to ignore it because it's kind of an intense class. And I finally looked at it, and I saw it, and I didn't run out of the room screaming or anything. I finished the class. I handled myself with dignity. And then I just got on the phone and started fielding calls and figuring out who wanted to talk and how I felt about it. But just like Lincoln Riley and all the ADs and all the people you know that were blindsided by it, I was blindsided as well. But I I guess, and I think you feel similarly, that we shouldn't have been as surprised as we were. But the timing is is pretty wild. I want to ask you, you know, you've been all over this, and we have talked about this on your show, Larry Scott in his tenure. This feels like a little bit of a hangover for me uh, to his tenure. But I also put a little bit of this on on George Klyovkov, like like him being blindsided by this uh, surprised me. Yeah, he was caught flat-footed, and I guess that's, the same as what happened with the Big 12 situation. I mean, the similarities between what happened with Oklahoma and Texas and the shockwaves that that sent through the central part of the state and proud programs like Iowa State and TCU and a lot of people that have competed for a long time against each other, this feels very, very uh, alike. It just I feel like it is a giant TV corporate move. And if ESPN was behind the SEC, Texas, and Oklahoma thing, then Fox is behind this Big Ten expansion into Los Angeles. And that's the first thing that really occurred to me. Uh, Did it happen in a vacuum? No, it happened while guys like you waved a giant red flag for a decade about how the conference was bleeding out, writing articles about Larry Scott's salary, about the rent of the Pac-12 building, about the viability of the Pac-12 network. And, you know, I was talking about this earlier today. We had a similar situation in Los Angeles just TV-wise. Around the same time that the Pac-12 network thing was being devised by Larry Scott, which was just a horrible vision, it turns out. But the Dodger deal, John, the Dodger, the Dodgers did a huge deal with Spectrum Sports down here when uh, they made a move from the Fox Sports West company, and which is now Sinclair, believe it or not. And when they did that, they took 
billions of dollars, and they didn't have the distribution where their team is within their own footprint. They did not have the distribution. So Vince Scully's career, the very end of it, only like a third of the city could could hear it and see it. And that's pretty unbelievable. I mean, that's still unfathomable. And they've recently gotten it figured out, but it was like that way for like a half a decade uh, with the Dodgers in the city of Los Angeles. It was very similar with the Pac-12 network. I mean, they didn't even have the distribution within their own footprint, let alone being able to produce games on TV and a good uh, studio show and all that different stuff that comes along with it that you do when you have a partner. So we all saw this over the years in developing, and I think we all thought it was beyond repair. I mean, didn't you, with the money discrepancy? We all thought that. Yeah, you could see that it was it was so far gone, and it was going to take a decade to get back, and now without the L.A. schools, I think the Pac-12's really got an uphill climb. We're talking to Petros Papadakis. Your dad played at USC. You played at USC. What's the reaction and the feeling among the fan base uh, as the as they look back at the Pac-12 after 2024? It's not going to be your dad's Pac-12. No, or mine. Uh, and, you know, there's always change in college football. Uh, there's a lot of people still attached to the Southwest Conference. We all understand that. The Colorado plan, Nebraska, every year used to be special. Utah, Colorado, coming over to the Pac-12. You know, all these different things have happened over the years, and we shouldn't be so surprised. However, uh, you used the word mourning on on our show uh, today, and I feel very much the same way. USC fans now are pretty arrogant. They always have been. And I don't think they think as fondly upon places like Pullman, Washington, and Tucson, Arizona, and even Salt Lake City, and those kind of places as, as Corvallis as I do. But I will mourn that. My, I mourn my father telling me stories about how they would play against Washington, and the Washington team used to bang on the locker room wall, and one time it fell over, and they're all just staring at each other before <laughs> the game. You know, stuff like that. We just don't, we're not going to have that anymore. And college football's fun. It's always changing. That's part of why we like it. That's part of the argument that is the constant in college football. And we're always arguing and struggling about something and trying to fix the sport in one way or another. It just feels like it's happening in a really rapid-fire way. And it's really hard to say goodbye to USC versus Cal, right? Or Stanford versus uh, USC or UCLA versus Cal. These are some very special games in all of our lifetimes that, uh, I mean, I was always a USC guy, but when I started traveling the conference, I really fell in love with the conference, and I realized USC had to be good for the conference to be viable. So it's kind of been this terrible double-edged sword for the last 10 years, and watching it just slowly wheeze to death. The Pac-12's got a decision in front of it. It's obviously got rocked yesterday, but is. You know, what? what's the short-term, long-term move, strategy move for the Pac-12 in your mind? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how they recover from this. I feel like, you know, it's like after some, like, big impactful moment where you're kind of on the ground holding on to the carpet, I, I feel like they're still kind of shell-shocked from, from what happened yesterday. And I feel like I think Oregon and Oregon State are great. I love this Seattle market, but... Is it enough? I mean, is is what I think is special about these things enough to move the needle for somebody to let you in on these big, giant, humongous, unfathomable deals? 
uh, because that's what the money's become. When I was a young guy and on a scholarship, I knew that we were pieces of meat with legs, and it, to a certain degree we were being used, but I knew that we could also use them back by getting our degrees, and, and it was only you know tens of millions of dollars that were being made, as opposed to now, it's billions and billions of dollars being made, and it just can't exist under the current umbrella, and we're going to go through a lot of growing pains, it seems. Petros Papadakis is our guest. Uh, Petros, the competition element of this, uh, Lincoln Riley in the Big Ten, Chip Kelly presumably in the Big Ten. How do these how do these teams fare against that competition? Well, I mean, as you know, uh, you've covered the Big Ten, and I've been lucky, you know, with Fox and, and the way we've had the contract, the Big Ten contract. So for a few years, and I've been, I've done a game at Michigan. I've been to Champaign-Urbana more times than I can count. <laughs> I've, I've done a game at Kinnick. I've done a game at Camp Randall. So I've seen a lot of these places. Lincoln, and I, I love the brand of football. I mean, Big Ten football feels like American college football. I mean, there's a big statue of Red Grange right outside the Illinois building, which is a memorial stadium just like USC's, just like Nebraska, just like Cal. So there's a lot of great connections through the Big Ten that I appreciate. Uh, but November football in those places is very different. I mean, it used to be like, hey, I hope we don't get caught in Pullman on a night game in November. Now it's like, <laughs> <where> you, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of landmines, so to speak, in, in the schedule, as far, just weather-wise. And a lot of Big Ten teams are built that way. Uh, they're built to sustain that kind of weather, almost like an all-wheel drive truck in, in, in some regards. You build your roster and recruit your roster. I've loved some of the, the Twitter stuff of uh, people saying, like, USC fans, our USC's football team when uh, Iowa brings out three tight ends and they have like a, like a guy with glasses like to, like trying to understand what's happening. And uh, so that part of it is going to be interesting. I mean, in the current form, and who knows what things are going to be like in two years, Lincoln Riley might be coaching the Dallas Cowboys. But in the current form of things, I think UCLA and their development and their running back and their way they've uh, – done their uh, offense is in a much better position to run the ball and stop the run uh, than USC is. And I, I think it'll be a major adjustment. But it's going to be a major adjustment for people to come out to L.A. too. Well, you know what? Uh, you were in that hot yoga class. What was it, like 105 in there? Hum yeah, something like that. Humid, whatever. Did you leave the class or did you at least get to finish your, your workout? Or no, I stayed. I hung in there, John. <laughs> I stayed. I held up the four for the four quarters, and I, I stayed. I love it. Nothing, right. You know, I mean, I'm not, I'm not that arrogant of a media person to be like, I need to be, I need to get on this right now. This, the world needs me. <laughs> Was your show dominated by this talk? Because we did three hours. I had Wilner on. We did like an hour together. You know, we it dominated. Like calls from all over the country were coming in. Did it dominate the L.A. market, or was it more about enthusiasm and excitement, and then you moved on to talking about the Dodgers and Lakers? Well, it dominated what I do. I mean, I'm a college football person, so that side of things kind of blew up. We are the Dodger station, so we're always going to talk Dodgers. I'm not going to sacrifice my F1 report uh, because I love it's a <laughs> British Grand Prix this weekend. I mean, come on. we got racial slurs flying around. And... Uh, and then, of course, uh, my my radio partner Matt Smith, he did, did some NBA stuff 
So, I mean, it, it did. I mean, we did about an hour. We did about half the show on it. And then the other stuff we kind of squeezed in and got through. But And we had John Wilner on, of course, the Pope of the Pack who broke the story. But we're lucky. I mean, we have good friends who are right on top of this, and we've been close for a decade. You, Wilner, I mean, we've all been in cahoots for quite some time on this very topic. So uh, we all know who to turn to when uh, when the walls start falling down. All right. I appreciate you, man, and uh, I, I hope to see you uh, in a stadium this season. Are you going to be calling games in the stadium, or what, what's going on with broadcasting right I, now? I, you know what? It looks to me like I think everybody else is, is, is going on the road, but because of the volume of games that yeah. I'll be calling, I will be here. Man, I miss seeing you. I miss seeing you, too, but you can come to L.A. and sit with me in a sanitized room. I'm going to sit with you in hot yoga. How about that? Yeah, come on down. <laughs> do that. Good, I want to see. I want to see the sweat bead on your big bald head. <laughs> oh man, I and with no hair, the sweat just pours off me. It's like it's like Niagara Falls over my face. Oh, uh, there you go. I have a lot of hair, and it still pours <laughs> off me. But I'm <laughs> a big sweaty pig. <laughs> Petros Papadakis, you're the best. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thanks for everything. That's Petros Papadakis. Follow him on Twitter. Former USC football great. His dad, football great at USC as well. That is the flavor of Southern California when it comes to this issue. I want you to leave it here. We got more ahead. I'll take your phone calls as well. How will USC be greeted when it comes to Autzen Stadium in a couple years or even this season coming up as they go to Oregon State on a road game? How will they be greeted as they go around the conference? You tell me what you think will happen there. Will fans understand? Will they go, hey, it's money. I would have done it. You would have done it. Will they do that, or will they be pointing at the Trojans going, traitors? You tell me. 503-417-7575. You got the BFT. Back to the bald-faced truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. How will USC be greeted at football games next season? 503-417-7575. How about UCLA? Judah Newby, how will they be greeted? Well, they're going to get booed anyway, you know, because they're USC and it's Lincoln Riley, but they're going to get booed even louder. I mean, it could get pretty ugly in some uh, in some instances. Obviously, they're not coming to Autzen, but they are coming to Reeser. And uh, you better believe all 22,000 at Reeser Stadium next year are going to be uh, booing the Trojans, and you just hope that it doesn't finish like 56 to 20, you know, that day. I'm curious to see how UCLA gets uh, greeted as well, especially when they play their, you know, fellow UC system foe Cal, which is Thanksgiving weekend, an alleged rivalry. And that game is in Berkeley this year, the UCLA at Cal game. Uh, I think UCLA is going to get uh, a world of booze as well, and frankly, uh, I think uh, they deserve it if you're a Pac-12 yeah. fan. I'll be curious to see how it goes. I, I am a little skeptical that the Pac-12 fan has got the passion that the fans of some of these other conferences have, but I also know that, look, I, USC got pushed around by Oregon State last year. Now USC's got to go to Oregon State this year, and I kind of wonder if the uh, Oregon State team's going to be flying around with a little extra chip on their shoulder. We'll see. Uh, let's go to Phil, who's in Eugene, listening on Fox Sports Eugene. Phil, what do you think? Hey, John, how you doing? Doing um, well. I, I, you know, the, the most galling part about this whole thing, and I do think that they will be booed, um, both UCLA and USC, lustily, 
Um, and I, I've, I've worked in media, television, radio for 34 years. So I think even the lay fan understands that, you know, money drives the bus and, and, and so does the TV rights. But the most galling thing is explaining to people where I'm from, and I, I grew up in New York, that USC and UCLA aren't really good. Uh, they haven't been really good at football in 15 years. I understand there's cachet to the USC name. And in basketball, yeah, UCLA sort of made a little bit of a turnaround. USC had one or two decent years. But I think the galling thing that makes me want to boo them is the hubris of we carry the L.A. market with us, and that's why we got this invitation, which I completely understand from a money standpoint. But from a performance standpoint, in a very naive way, it's not like you guys are leaving because you're the cream of the conference or the creme de la creme of the Pac-12. Quite frankly, USC football has been not good for a long time, and UCLA football really, John, isn't a thing. So what really irks me and will make me boo um, if I'm at Reeser or if I'm at Austin, is the fact that these two teams really didn't do it on their merits. Real briefly, John, it's like Texas. When Texas decided to leave the Big 12, it's like Texas hasn't been good in basketball or football <laughs> for a good five to ten years. Yeah. So that will make me angry, and I will boo them. Yep, Thanks. and I don't blame you. I don't blame you a bit if you boo them. I also, uh, I also wonder about the other sports. Uh, I talked to an administrator at uh, at UCLA today. I talked to an administrator at at USC, and I'm kind of wondering uh, with these other sports uh, what's going to happen because they are getting dragged along for the ride. UCLA gymnastics, for example, UCLA baseball, for example, USC baseball and volleyball, for example, they are now looking at 1,800 mile trips, 2,000 mile trips instead of you know, playing within the conference footprint, and you can offer up Pullman or Seattle as, hey, uh, that's a that's a tough place to get to, or Pullman or Corvallis or Eugene. But you know, we're not talking about 2,000 miles, 1,800 miles. So I think uh, I'm being told that the Big Ten is promising UCLA and USC that it'll make some concessions. Peter Courtney, state senator, president of the Oregon Senate. Coming up next, leave it here. We interrupt this podcast with a special announcement from the Bald Face hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the Bald Face Truth Radio Show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the Bald Face Truth Radio Show. Thanks for listening.